Hello, my name is James Powell, and I'd like to welcome you to a special Pride Month episode of This Little Light of Mine. So, when you think about Pride, what does it mean to you? As I remember back, I can see how Pride has been a wildly evolving experience in my own life. When I was closeted in public school, Pride terrified me. Seeing images of the Pride parades on TV and in the newspaper filled me with shame and fear. I would ask myself, why do those people have to act that way? Why do they have to flaunt their sin? Why does everyone and everything have to be so sexualized? When I got into high school, some of that fear and shame had shifted towards intrigue and curiosity. Maybe I can find others like me there. Would anyone recognize me if I went to explore on my own? Nobody can know about this. Nobody. Heading off to university, pride evolved into a celebration of newfound freedom. I remember the excitement of the parties, the parades, and sharing this joy with so many of my new friends. Let's celebrate and have fun, I would say. Who are all of these other people? This is amazing. How can I look like that? Wow, there are people here with their parents, with their companies, and with their churches. In my 30s, pride turned into a celebration of excess. I felt that I'd paid my dues, I'd honed my body, and I knew what was expected, and I didn't disappoint. I questioned and thought, how can I maximize every opportunity here? What's the best party to be at? What's with all this political stuff? Can't people just enjoy the party? And as my 30s turned into my 40s, pride started to change yet again. Walking through the streets, I stopped seeing myself in the crowds of people. The parties seemed to turn towards work. And the fun? Well, veered towards keeping up appearances and pushing for new highs. I would ask, who are all these other people? Why can't they be more like me? Why do they have to use our pride to make noises for their issues? Why can't everyone just have fun and relax? After all, this is called pride. As I reflect back over the years since last pride, the word that keeps coming up for me is uncomfortable. This last year has been a time and space of uncomfortable growth as I start to answer some of the most terrifying questions of my life. Who am I really? What do I actually want for my life? Where do I feel safe and encouraged to grow? Who do I want to spend my time with? For me, pride is turning into a time and space for reflection, growth, and an opportunity to celebrate exactly where you are on your own journey. I'm learning that pride is an inside job and when you're growing, that inside job is continually shifting and evolving. Now for me, growing up in a homophobic and psychologically damaging church environment, I was programmed to hide myself, ignore my inner feelings, needs, and desires, and to hustle for my worth based on external validation. So this going inside and listening, this is all new to me. And like many others, I was taught that when you go inside and when you listen, all you hear is your worldly and sinful desires. I was taught not to do this. And like many other people, I was also implicitly taught that my growth 
should look like everyone else's growth, or at least everyone else in my church, or my family, or my company. There was a right path, and then there was the wrong path. And in order to fit in and be part of the community, you better show everyone how you're on the right path. We live in a world where everyone is telling everyone else how they should feel, should act, should think, and should be. In the last year, how many times have you been told how you're supposed to feel or think if you're part of a certain group? What feelings or thoughts are you told that you're supposed to have if you're a Republican? If you're an evangelical Christian living in Georgia? If you're a teacher? If you're a parent? What if you're an African-American or an urban elite living in New York or a woke lesbian living in Toronto? To me, pride is a celebration of letting go of all of those supposed tos. The only person who gets the right to determine what's right for you is you. And what looks right for you probably will not look right for everyone else, and that's okay. Pride is an inner journey towards ownership of self. And this isn't just an LGBTQ2S plus journey. It's a journey for each of us. It's a journey inward where you ask and go inside to listen to the internal guidance system that you've been given. Because that's where you find your answers. Answers to these questions. Am I proud of me? What do I stand for? Am I proud of what I stand for? Am I proud of how I'm showing up in the world? Am I proud of how I connect with others and show love? Am I surrounding myself with a community that loves me and challenges me to keep growing and evolving? Am I responsible for my own growth and evolution? And do I love and accept myself? These big questions may appear simple, but that does not mean that they're easy. In fact, these questions may bring up feelings of discomfort, confusion, loss, fear, and even pain. It's not always easy, fun, or smooth sailing to take 100% responsibility for your own growth. As humans, our brains are hardwired to protect ourselves from danger. The most primitive part of our brain, the amygdala, is designed to keep us safe from danger by searching for and surrounding ourselves with others who look like us, think like us, act like us, and believe the same things as us. Because this part of our brain equates different as danger. And that's not always wrong. This part of our brain is very necessary in alerting us to actual dangers. Things like seeing a bear in the woods, being pulled over by police, a snake in the grass, or the sound of a gunshot. This part of our brain keeps us physically safe. But you know what? We're not born to simply survive and be physically safe. We're born to grow, evolve, and thrive. Over the past year, I've started to become more aware and attuned to how much of my own world has been constructed to simply help me survive. Growing up in an unsafe and abusive environment, my priority was survival. And as a child, I wasn't given what I needed, and I needed to prioritize survival because of that. And I'm now learning 
that I need to let go of some of these coping mechanisms that have evolved from an absolute necessity to being useful to now being useless. Some of the things that used to protect me are now holding me back from growing and thriving. We absolutely need connection and community in our lives. Things like churches, corporations, political parties, foundations, racial groups, charities, peer groups, spouses, family systems, economic groups. These can all be very good things, but they can also be things that keep you stuck in survival mode and put a hold on your journey inwards towards celebrating your unique gifts and beauty. Think about your life, your relationships, and the communities that you belong to. Are you encouraged to bring all of yourself into these spaces? Are you seen and understood for who you really are? Are you free to ask questions, challenge, and disagree? Do you feel safe to grow, evolve, and to try new things? Or do the relationships and communities that you belong to come with a high cost of entry? Do you need to think, believe, or feel a certain way in order to belong? Do these spaces celebrate diversity of skin color or nationality, but then demand compliance of thought and action that align to the person in charge? Are you pressured to go along, to get along? The journey inwards towards ownership of self and the outward evolution towards actual diversity and inclusion isn't for the faint of heart. As we enter another season of Pride, I want to acknowledge the messy, lonely, and sometimes unstable feelings that come with growth. And many times, this journey of growth calls for letting go and even leaving others behind. We are all hard-coded for community and connection. In fact, we can't survive without it. Loneliness, letting go, and leaving others behind can be terrifying, and it can lead to detrimental mental and physical health impacts. But did you know that the same harmful mental and physical health impacts show up when you stay and remain in what are called ambivalent relationships? An ambivalent relationship is one where you don't show up as your full self. They're relationships where you go along to get along, where you don't speak up because you don't want to deal with any conflict you feel might arise, where you believe it's just easier to stay with the devil you know or to stay for the kids. These are environments where toxic positivity dictates only agreement and alignment will be tolerated. Ambivalent relationships are ones where you don't feel seen, understood, loved, or cared for when you are authentically, beautifully, and uniquely you. These types of ambivalent relationships at home, at work, at church, with friends, and in the community are associated with reduced physical and psychological well-being, and not just for you. Ambivalent relationships negatively impact those around you, your kids, your partner, your colleagues, and your friends. You are designed to thrive, not simply survive. You were created to be seen, to be heard, and to be understood. What makes connection so vitally important is the intimacy that can be shared when we're vulnerable enough and feel safe enough to show others all of who we are. Intimacy is achieved when we feel safe to express our unique thoughts, feelings, fears, and joys. 
without the fear of being judged, misunderstood, or harmed. One of the most uncomfortable parts of my entire life has been a feeling of not belonging or of being different than those around me. It's scary not to be like your parents or your siblings. It's terrifying to admit that some of your closest relationships and communities that you're part of no longer serve you. It's distressing to wean yourself off the drug of external validation from fitting in and being like everyone else. But here's the rub with growth. Insecure people, those who don't have the courage to do the work themselves, may be threatened by your growth. They want you to stay just like them. They want to convert you to being like them. When they see you growing, it can shine a light on their stagnation, their need to control, or their belief that success and freedom or salvation comes from fearing, fighting, oppressing, and dominating the other. Your growth may even evoke their disdain, their anger, gaslighting, or worse, because it challenges some of the systems, structures, and constructs that need fear, control, and your subordination in order for them to thrive. I'm also learning that it is our human responsibility to create environments where others are safe to grow in their own way. We can't optimize our own inner journey if we don't feel physically and psychologically safe to do so. Well, it's not our job to change or convert anyone into anything. I believe it is our job and our responsibility to break down barriers and systems that oppress, marginalize, and harm other humans. It's not enough to simply lower a flag or raise a flag add pronouns or a simple inclusion note to an email footer, wear a colorful ribbon, change the colors of your social media profile, or even start meetings with a memorized reconciliation statement, or advertise saying that all are welcome in ways that outwardly signal a celebration of diversity, but then to continue to expect people to think, act, believe, and feel the same way as those at the top, or the same way as you. I'm not saying that any of these actions are bad or wrong, but what I am asking is that we look a little bit deeper and we look at the intention. Do these actions go beyond simple platitudes or are they being used as a decoy to help those in the majority feel better and to feel like they've done everything they need to do instead of doing the real work to create systemic change, to create actual diversity and inclusion when people are threatened by your growth instead of celebrating your uniqueness, they may attempt to keep you in your place by using phrases like, I'm concerned about who you're becoming. I feel like I don't know who you're turning into. Why can't you just tone things down and fit in like everyone else? What I need from you is alignment and agreement. We need to be on the same team here. Or can you be more like your sister? She's so easygoing. We've even created a whole bunch of words, labels, and phrases that discourage growth in an attempt to affirm compliance and uniformity. Think about it. Backslider, deconstructionist, lost sheep, wayward child, troublemaker, make America great again, family or corporate values, pessimist, melting pot, black hat, or contrarian. In fact, I've used many of these labels on myself. 
As I look back on the last year, I'm starting to see, acknowledge, and be thankful for my own uncomfortable growth. I'm starting to learn to sit with that and not to run from it and not to numb myself so that I don't experience what I used to call pain. I'm starting to see that I'm not leaving relationships, I'm not deconstructing anything, I'm not abandoning anything, and I'm not walking away, backsliding, or any of those terms. What it is that I'm doing? I'm growing. And what if all those feelings of not fitting in, of being the outsider, being different than everyone else, had nothing to do with you being wrong, being broken, or being sinful? What if those uncomfortable feelings were an actual sign of your own growth and your own evolution? You're not an outsider. You're growing. Pride is a celebration of growth. It's an ongoing and ever-evolving graduation into becoming more of yourself. You are not designed to be like anyone else. You are not designed to be the same person that you were last year. In my opinion, we're all transitioning as we remember who we were designed to become. And this transition is a never-ending process, not a destination, and not a one-time coming out. This pride, I hope you celebrate your beautiful, unique, and messy self. I hope you acknowledge your strength, your courage, and your resilience for navigating all the ups and downs that have brought you to exactly where you are right now. I hope you find space to cultivate a deep compassion for who you have been, who you are right now, and for who you're becoming. And I hope that you find new ways to be with and to stay with the discomfort that signals your growth. Because no matter who you are, where you're from, no matter the color of your skin, your sexual orientation, or your gender expression, no matter your weight, your body type, or how you look, no matter where you live, where you work, your status, your bank balance, or your beliefs, no matter what, you are wanted, you are needed, you are an important part of our world, and you have an absolutely unique voice that needs to be heard. Now go inside and be extremely and lovingly selfish, because this is what self-love is. And not only is self-love healthy and healing, we all need it. When you give yourself the gift of self-love and share your uniqueness with the world, we all grow, we all evolve, we all win. There's only one of you, and our world needs all of your unique beauty. So this pride, be selfish, don't fit in, be different, practice self-love, and celebrate how beautifully unique you are designed to be. You are worthy of love, and you are loved. Happy Pride. Thanks for listening to This Little Light of Mine. To learn more about our guests today, and for links from our show, visit www.thislittlelightofmine.ca. If you enjoyed this episode, or feel that it could bring love and acceptance into someone else's life, please like, rate, review, and share 
so that we can build our community and bring more love into the world for all people. Thank you for sharing your time and listening to our stories today. And we would love to hear your story too. Visit the Get Involved section of thislittelightofmine.ca to share your voice. We love being in community with you and look forward to sharing more with you next time. Now go and let your light shine bright because you are loved. Let it shine.